the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 62 CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You see, here's the integrity of a leader in action. He refuses to abuse his position to benefit himself. And this is a terrific truth for us to get hold of. Because let's face it, every job that we have represented here, about 500 people, everyone has some job or has had a job that you could use to promote yourself. There are opportunities. There are perks that go along with it. There are privileges. Uh, when you're promoted, there's more trust given to you. There's more freedoms and liberties that you have, and you can abuse your position very, very easily. In a war or a battle, when one army has an advantageous position over the other, the wise commander makes use of that position to defeat his enemy. The same is true in sports. If a football defensive back slips or misses his assignment, there is an open receiver. A good quarterback will spot that open man and take advantage of his position by throwing to the open receiver, often resulting in a score. Sadly, all too many people think of life as a competition or even a war. We often take advantage of our position to increase our wealth or influence. An Old Testament leader by the name of Nehemiah did not do that. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will be considering the importance of walking in integrity. It's good to have you here. Verse by Verse is the radio extension of Pastor Steve's teaching ministry at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily classes are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. Today's lesson is the middle of a three-part message from Nehemiah chapter 5 dealing with integrity in leadership. Nehemiah had certain privileges as governor of Judea, but he did not use them because of the hardship they would cause for his people. Besides the privileges, there were plenty of opportunities for Nehemiah to abuse his position. We see politicians, business leaders, and even pastors who do this all the time. The newspapers are full of stories of corruption. But Nehemiah applied himself to the work of building the walls of Jerusalem rather than his own personal wealth. Let's see what we can learn from his example. Here now is Pastor Steve. Now let me explain by a New Testament illustration what's going on. I'd like you to hold your place in Nehemiah 5, but turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a very important uh, truth that we're looking at. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 I want to read verses 1 through 14. I want you to see that Paul is saying, even though I have a right to be financially supported by, by the church, churches, I will not use that right. So follow. Paul says, am I not free? Verse 1, am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you. 
for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord, which means I led you to Christ. I nurtured you. I ministered to you. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we not have a right to eat and drink? And the answer is, of course you do. Do we not have a right to take along a believing wife, even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and, and Cephas? Of course. Or do only Barnabas and I not have a right to refrain from working? Well, no, you have a right to, to work uh, and have a right to take on a wife. Who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat the fruit of, uh, of it? Or who tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? I am not speaking these things according to human judgment, am I? Or does not the law also say these things? For it's written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle the ox while he's threshing. God is not concerned about oxen, is he? Or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written, because the plowman ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in the hope of sharing the crops. If we sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we should reap material things from you? If others shared share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we did not use this right, but we endure all things that we may cause no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who perform sacred services eat the food of the temple and those who attend regularly to the altar have their share with the altar? So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. Now, what Paul is teaching is this. As an apostle, he had certain rights. He had a right to uh, to be supported by these churches, especially the church at Corinth, to be financially supported. And yet what he is telling them is, I did not use this right. I could have. It would have been uh, it would not have been a sin for me to do this, but I didn't do it. Why? Verse 15 says, but I use none of these things, even though the other apostles did. I didn't. Why? Am I not writing these things that it may be done so in my case, for it would be better for me to die than have any man make my boast an empty one. And Paul goes on to say that I want to preach the gospel without anybody misunderstanding. He goes back in verse 12 and explains, if others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we did not use this right. Why? But we endure all things that we may cause no hindrance to the gospel of Christ. Paul didn't want the people at Corinth and other places thinking that he was in it for the money. And they would be thinking while he was preaching, I wonder how much this guy expects to get out of us. He wanted their undivided attention. He didn't want them to misjudge his motives. And so he said, I'm doing this for free. You don't have to pay me anything. Now, uh, that's not the norm. That's something he volunteered to do. God didn't tell him to do that in the sense of a command. In fact, he said in 1 Timothy 5.17 that ongoing elders who labor in the word and doctrine and do a good job, should have double honor. So he wasn't making this a standard for everyone, but he said that it is best for me and best for the cause of Christ and best for this people, the Corinthians, for me to refrain from being supported by them. Now, how does this all apply to us? How does this, what is the principle that, that is spelled out here that applies to, to each of us? Well, it's this, all of us face situations in which we can behave a certain way. No one would say that it's wrong to behave that way. It's privileges, or you want to call it rights, that are given to us. There are certain things that might even go along with our job description. Certain things that if we did, no one would even question it. But we don't have to use those privileges. We might be misunderstood. We might 
hurt our testimonies. We can sacrifice for the sake of others. And that's what Nehemiah was doing. Wouldn't have been wrong and probably nobody would have questioned it, but he didn't. He would not have enhanced his testimony had he taxed the people. There are certain things that are acceptable, certain things that are within the realm of your responsibilities and even privileges to have, but maybe if you did it, it could be misunderstood. And so you don't do it because you want to enhance the testimony of Jesus Christ and you don't want to be misunderstood. And, you know, I hesitate to give any examples on this. In fact, I'm not even going to give some specific examples because as soon as I start giving those examples, it could become legalism. There's nothing that the scriptures impose upon you except to say that for the sake of others, and you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit on this, that wisdom would say refrain from using your privileges for the sake of Jesus Christ and, and the, the benefit of those people. A good leader, you see, goes beyond what he's allowed. He refrains from what he's allowed for the sake of those he leads. Isn't this what Jesus Christ did? Isn't this what Philippians 2 is about, where Paul said, look not every man on, on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then he goes on to say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ, who though he is God, he left his throne and became poor for who? For our sake. He gave up his rights, his privileges of existing in the form of God and came to this earth and became poor so that we might be made rich, spiritually rich. That's what Jesus did. Jesus gave up his privileges. Did he have to do that? No. Did he have to go to the cross? No. He volunteered to do that. John chapter, chapter 10 speaks about that. I lay down my life for the sheep. Nobody takes it. He did it in a voluntary way. And a good leader does the same thing. He doesn't think about what he gets from his job or his leadership, but what this job allows him to give to benefit people. That's what Nehemiah did. That's integrity. So as you reflect upon this, I, I exhort you to think about it. Is there something that, that you're doing that you could, uh, that maybe by doing it could give the wrong impression? You say, but it's my right. Yeah, but you're missing the point if you think like that. You can give up your rights. You can give up your privileges because it might be misunderstood. It could be misunderstood. Integrity means that you refrain from using those privileges if it could benefit others and enhance your testimony. See, that's integrity. Do you have it? Do you have integrity? Integrity goes beyond the line of duty. That's what Nehemiah is showing us. It goes beyond the line of duty. If you do, then you'll be looking for ways, creative ways to help people in your, in your position, the people under you, even if it's at your own expense. And if you're stuck on your rights about this, then you've missed the whole point. There is a second mark of a leader's integrity. The first is he, he refuses to use his privileges. Just like Jesus Christ did, just like Paul the Apostle did, just like Nehemiah did, and just like every great man and woman of God does. Refuse to use his privileges. The second mark of integrity and in leadership is this. He refuses to abuse his position. Now we're getting into the area of abuse. And unfortunately, many leaders do this, and even Christian leaders. Verse 16 says this. And I also applied myself to the work on this wall, meaning the wall around Jerusalem. He worked hard. We did not buy any land, and all my servants were gathered there for the work. Now, uh, you might wonder as you're reading this, what, what, is, what is he talking about real estate for? Land. What, what's he talking about land for? What, what is he in real estate here? Why did he bring that up? As the governor of Judah, 
Nehemiah had the authority, and it goes back to the whole thing we're talking about, to loan people money to pay their taxes. And then if they couldn't pay back their loan, he had the authority to take their land, just like the officials did that he rebuked. He had the authority to do that. He could have done that. This is what the others did, but he didn't do that. Why? Because he says in verse 16, I also applied myself to the work on this wall. That's a great statement. God had not called him to exploit the people and to get into real estate. God had called him for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is to rebuild the wall. That was his calling. You see, here's the integrity of a leader in action. He refuses to abuse his position to benefit himself. And this is a terrific truth for us to get hold of. Because let's face it, every job that we have represented here, about 500 people, everyone has some job or has had a job that you could use to promote yourself. There are opportunities. There are perks that go along with it. There are privileges uh, when you're promoted, there's more trust given to you. There's um, uh, more freedoms and liberties that you have. And you can abuse your position very, very easily. Uh, let me give you some suggestions on what not to do, but what you uh, maybe have done and maybe are doing now. Uh, it's very easy to misuse our expense accounts. We can use company time for personal gain. We can take advantage of people to enhance our own interests. Uh, there are some who have. There was a young uh, basketball player who just uh, confessed to using a telephone calling card of the, of the university and using it for his own personal uh, telephone calls. People have done that. Christians have done that. Every job allows opportunities to exploit situations for yourself. Taking office supplies for yourself. Long lunches. And I'm not talking about business where you have to conduct business. I'm talking about on company time, long lunches that have nothing to do with business. Accepting gifts from customers. How about this? Ignoring copyright laws. Claiming improper deductions. These are temptations to compromise your integrity. You know what? You could probably do all of these things and get away with them. You could probably do all of these things and, and get away with them. Not with God, but with people. And uh, you might think that everybody else does it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, but you're not everybody else. You know why you can't do this or shouldn't do this? Because you are a, a Christian in every situation. A Christian is to be Christ-like. That's why you have that label. Our faith permeates every area of life. A lot of, a lot of believers don't realize that. They think they put on their Christianity when they come to church and they shake people's hands and they're smiling. Everything's fine. Uh, even if it's not, they'll give you that appearance. But then when they leave here, they go back to another way of life. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. Christianity is not something you take on and off. It is something that permeates your life. Jesus Christ is the center of your life. And if you are to be uh, an individual of integrity here, you're to be an individual of integrity wherever you are. In fact, the word integrity, the word integrity uh, is really a Latin word. And the root of this word has the concept of completeness, of wholeness, of entireness. That's a great concept because, in other words, integrity characterizes the entire person. It, 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 we are completely honest. We are completely blameless. We are honest and upright through and through. That's what it really means. That's what integrity is all about. Would you look at Psalm 15? I want to see a great passage on integrity. 
Psalm 15 illustrates how a believer is to have complete integrity on the inside, that's his heart, his mind, and on the outside, that's his actions. Those are his actions. Chapter 15 of uh, or Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in thy tent? Who may dwell on thy holy hill? That is to say, who has fellowship with God? What believer has real continual fellowship with God? He who walks with integrity and, and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart, he does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil with his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friends, and whose eyes are reprobate as despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. That's a, a person of integrity. On the inside, truth dwells. On the outside, he behaves in a truthful manner. He doesn't lie, he doesn't cheat, he has integrity in his heart, and therefore he doesn't exploit others. This is a believer who has fellowship with God. Now, I, I exhort you, do not use your position, whatever it is, for personal gain. Don't do that. That's wrong. That's sinful. As Chuck Swindoll said, Nehemiah never started Nehemiah Enterprises Incorporated. That's a great line. He wrote, he didn't establish stock, go public, and then become the largest corporate shareholder. Nehemiah did not abuse his position. And that's a great truth for us. And, and, and uh, we need to follow Nehemiah. Even if everybody else in our culture does something else, we need to follow Nehemiah's example and do the right thing in every situation I mean, men and women of principle until the day that we die. And at our funeral, whoever speaks can say this person lived by the principles of the truths of the word of God. It was Job who said, uh, until I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. That's a great truth. And Job didn't. Job didn't know what was going on, but he didn't put his integrity away from him. King David said, but as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Great truths. So, if you have abused your position as a leader, then put a stop to it right now. Confess it. Repent. You may have to go to somebody and ask them to forgive you. You may have to make restitution. If you've taken something, it's not yours. But you need to do that. You need to get that straightened out. So what are the marks? of a leader's integrity, he refuses to use his privileges for the sake of others. Secondly, he refuses to abuse his position to benefit himself. There's a third mark of a leader's integrity as he refuses to add burdens to his people. Verses 17 and 18 say this, Moreover, there were at my table 150 Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations that were around us, now that which was prepared for each day was one ox and six choice sheep. Also birds were prepared for me and one once in ten days all sorts of wine were furnished in abundance. And for all this I did not demand the governor's food allowance because the servitude was heavy on this people. These verses simply tell us that at his own personal expense, Nehemiah regularly provided food for over 150 guests. And it, was, it must have been very expensive. He just kept an open house must have been very expensive because each day he had uh, ox and six sheep, birds, and once every 10 days, all kinds of, of wines were brought in. That gets expensive. You know, you just have a family over for dinner and, and it's expensive. Uh, must have been very expensive for him. But even though he could have taxed the people, would have been within his right. He did not do that. And, and why didn't he do it? Because the end of verse 
18 says, because the servitude was heavy on this people. In other words, he had compassion on the people. Actually, and he didn't want to add to their burdens. So he said, I'll, I'll do it. Which brings us to a terrific point about leadership and integrity. Have you ever wondered why you're a leader? Have you ever wondered why you lead either children or you have a ministry at the church or at your job, you have a leadership position? You know why? Now, the world would tell you so you can lord it over people. They may not be as blatant as that, but that's what they really mean. You're in charge. You call the shots. You're the boss. That's why. Remember that picture? Who is it that uh, chicken looking at the little chicks and says, I'm the mother. That's why. You know, but that's kind of the attitude because I'm in charge. That's why. Don't ask any questions. But I'll tell you, the reason you are a leader, the reason that you're over someone is for their benefit, not your own. That's biblically the, an accurate statement. True biblical leadership is called loving service. And Jesus spoke directly about this in Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, many of us are familiar with this, this passage, because there's a great contrast between the world's perspective of leadership and God's perspective. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, it says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. Now, you know, these guys are macho men. They get mama to do this. And I've always marveled. These guys want to have the highest place in the kingdom. And they say, Mom, would you go and do it? And uh, she does it for her boys. Uh, she makes a request. He said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and one on your left. In other words, Jesus when you come into your kingdom, I want my sons to be the top dogs. I want everybody to esteem them. I want everybody to look up to them. I want uh, them to uh, be in charge. Of course, not over you, but uh, over everybody else. And that's, by the way, why the ten became indignant. It says that they, they became indignant because they wanted those positions of authority, not because they thought how unspiritual. But uh, notice what Jesus did in contrast to, to their perspective of leadership Jesus spoke about God's perspective in verses 25 through 28. But Jesus called them to himself and said, he called everybody because they were all annoyed at each other now. Jesus called them to himself and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. That's how the world views leadership. That's how some Christians view leadership. I'm in charge. Don't ask questions. I lord it over you. You do whatever I tell you to do. I like being in charge of you. It makes me feel good about myself. Jesus said in verse 26, it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be what? Not in charge, but be your servants. That's what leadership is about. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Oh, well, why? Is this the way you are, Lord? Yeah. Verse 28, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And you know what? Even though Jesus is, is Lord of us now in heaven, he's still serving us. He's still ministering to us. It's a great truth. The greatness of a leader is measured by the depth of his service to those under him. Did you get that? The greatness of a leader is measured by the depth of his service to those under him. That is oh so true. The best boss I ever had in 22 years of manufacturing work was the one who was the greatest facilitator. He made himself available to answer our questions. He got us the equipment we needed to do our jobs better. He defended us against political attacks from other departments, and he made sure we got the best training possible. There was no doubt in anyone's mind that he was the boss. 
but he was also a servant to us all. As a result, our department was among the most productive in the entire company. Pastor Steve Kreloff will conclude his three-part message on integrity in leadership on our next Verse by Verse. We're glad you could be with us for another Bible class of the air. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today's lesson is available on our website if you would like to listen to it again. We also have hundreds of previous classes. All are available for downloading or listening online. The web address is versebyverseradio.org. If you have been blessed by these messages, would you prayerfully consider a gift or maybe even a regular pattern of giving to help keep these programs on the air? We have placed on the website information about how to give as well as some biblical principles of giving in general. You will find that information by clicking on the Support Us link. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to listen to the entire message at one time, you can call us at 727-239-0306 and order a CD or a cassette. That's 727-239-0306. Richard Baxter said that it is sad the way most people spend their time and energy pursuing trifles and cast aside God. The Infinite One is to them as nothing, and that which is fleeting and... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.